0: If only I didn't have this illness, if only I had a believing wife, if only the circumstances of my life were different, then I could be so useful to God. And it's all an illusion, because the only life that you have to offer to God is the life that he has given to you right now.
1: Welcome to Open the Bible Weekend with Pastor Colin Smith and Colin. While you just did share with us that truth <laughs> at the end of that phrase, we're tempted to buy into those lies that we heard at the beginning. Yeah, I really
0: can. And there's only one life that I can offer to Christ, and that's the life that I'm actually living now. And no human life is perfect. No life is as a person would want it to be, this side of heaven. Sure. So it's this life with all of the problems that you're facing— All of the difficulties that are on your plate today, this is the life that you're able to offer Jesus Christ. Not some ideal life that you'd like to have, but don't actually have. The real life with all of its troubles, that's what Christ is laying claim to. I find that really helpful. This is what I have to offer to Christ.
1: And he's going to accept that? I mean, some of us have some pretty messy lives.
0: He certainly is because he's the Redeemer. He takes us as we are and he leads us in the difficulties that we face. And uh, and we offer ourselves as we are to him now.
1: And that's what we're going to continue to look at in today's broadcast. If you can, open your Bible and join us in Romans chapter 6 as we continue the message, giving as much as you know. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. And that verse will be our focus throughout this morning. Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. I want to draw your attention to something I found fascinating and I think is very significant in this verse. Look at it from the beginning of verse 13. Do not, here's the negative, Offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness. Now, Paul here is talking about your abilities, your capacities, what you can do with the skill of your hands, the power of your mind, and so forth. This is the negative dimension of repentance, and now Paul is going to go on and state the positive. So, the negative is, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments to righteousness. So, if that's the negative, you would expect him to say as the positive. Instead, offer the parts of your body to God as instruments of righteousness. That would be the natural parallelism, wouldn't it? Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer the parts of your body to God as instruments of righteousness. That would be beautifully parallel. But notice that that is not what he says. There is something else that you have to do first before you offer your abilities, your capacities, your talents, and your gifts to God. Notice the verse carefully. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to Him, that's to God, As instruments of righteousness. Now, you see the very important point that's contained in this verse. Before you offer your gifts, you have to offer yourself. It's a critical principle, and if we do not grasp it, we will come to grief at some point in the Christian life. You offer yourself before you offer your gifts, and only when you've offered yourself is it safe for you then to offer your gifts. It's the only way in which we can serve the Lord effectively, individually, and together. Here's the second thing this morning. Offer yourself in your present circumstances. Now, I think the best way to get at this is to look at some examples from the Bible together. Take the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Now, what a gifted guy he was. And God had remarkable purposes for Joseph. And Joseph knew that right from early in his life because God gave him a vision that indicated that he would have a special calling and a very special ministry indeed. But what happens to him? Well, he ends up getting beaten up by his brothers. And uh, being left for dead in a pit, he's carted off to Egypt where he gets a job and uh, works hard and pursues integrity. But in the course of pursuing integrity, he ends up with a woman telling lies about him, and uh, so he finds himself in the end in prison. But you see, what Joseph did, he offered himself to God in the prison, just where he was. And Joseph was used to save his entire family. You see the pattern? You offer yourself to God in your present circumstances. Think about Moses. Here's another very, very gifted and godly man, and uh, he has a vision. He has a burden. He has a passion for the oppressed people of God, and he is one of them himself. What happens to him? Man with a vision gets betrayed by its own people, finds himself looking after sheep in the backside of the desert. That's Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. But Moses offered himself to God in the desert. He honored God as a shepherd. Nothing much happened for 40 years. And then God steps in and Moses, in the last years of his life, becomes the shepherd of God's people. Think about the New Testament. John is called to be an apostle serving the churches of Asia. What a task. What a calling. And what happens to him? He ends up on an island called Patmos, essentially imprisoned there. What kind of ministry can you have to the churches when you're stuck on a little island? Well, John offered himself to God. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And God gave to him a vision of heaven, which became the last book of the Bible, which has brought strength and hope and comfort and courage to the churches across the world for the last 2,000 years. Offer yourself before you offer your gifts. Offer yourself in your present circumstances. Thirdly, offer yourself in all That you do, in all that you do. Now, let's take a quick look at the regular routine of a typical day. Yours may be somewhat different, but it'll be framed something like this, 24 hours in a day, and let's suppose you spend eight of them sleeping. I know many are saying, As I'm saying, I I wish I did spend eight of them sleeping, but let's just take that for a start. And let's suppose that you spend eight of them at work, and some of you are saying, I wish it was only eight that I spent at work, but let's just take that for a start as well. That's six. Now let's suppose that you eat three meals a day and uh, that uh, with one thing another you take an hour with each of them a lunch and breakfast and so forth That's another three hours of eating and let's suppose that you have an hour's commute And so that's two hours of traveling uh, which gets us I think up to 21 hours, which leaves you with three Hopefully if you have a family you'll be uh, Spending a couple of hours with them which leaves just one hour and then you're tapped out for the day, right? Now Many people have the idea that offering yourself to God means getting involved in a ministry in the church, which is a wonderful thing to do. The work of the church only happens because people give themselves to ministry. But if what you offer to God is limited in your mind to being involved in some ministry in the church, then what you're offering to God is only going to be a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of your life. And when Paul says offer yourselves to God, he clearly is not referring to a small fraction. He's referring to the whole of your life, which has to include the sleeping, the eating, the working, and the traveling. The principle here is clearly stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, where Paul says, Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God of God. It's a wonderful principle. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. We're talking here about a pattern of faithfulness and obedience and of thankfulness and of praise that runs throughout life and glorifies God in all things. Now think about this. Jesus spent three years in the public ministry of preaching and teaching and healing. Before that, he spent 20 years, thereabouts, as a carpenter. And during that time, we know that he cared for his mother. Now, I want to affirm as clearly as we possibly can today that Jesus Christ offered himself to God as much in his carpentry and caring for his mother as he did when he preached the gospel and performed the miracles. Do you believe that? Oh, you're not sure, or you're asleep. Do you believe that Jesus Christ offered himself as much to God in his carpentry and in his caring for his mother as he did in his preaching and in his teaching and even in his dying and in his rising? Do you believe that? You've got to believe that because otherwise Jesus didn't live a perfect life. If you don't believe that, what you're saying is that he lived a perfect life for three years but not for 30 before that. And the Scripture makes it absolutely clear that Jesus Christ lived the perfect life and him was no sin. What that means is that he offered the totality of himself to God throughout the entire course of his life. That's encouraging for all the carpenters and for all the people who are looking after a mother. And everything else that goes into the ordinary routine of life. You know, we had someone from the church here. I won't mention his name, but we had someone from the church do some electrical work in our house recently. And when I got the bill, I noticed that at the top it had the contractor's name, and at the bottom it said, a company desiring to bring honor to Jesus Christ through service. See, that's what Paul is talking about here. You can install lighting to the glory of God. You offer yourself in all that you do, and in this way you live for and honor the name of Jesus Christ.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible Weekend with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called Giving As Much as You Know of Yourself, part of our series, Repentance, the Hidden Path to a Transformed Life. And if you miss any broadcast in the series, you can come and listen online. Our website is openthebible.org and you can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. You could also listen if you have the Open the Bible app, which is free. You'll find it at your App Store. And in addition to this weekend broadcast, You'll be able to listen to our daily radio program, as well as our daily devotional, and find other resources to help you grow in your walk with Jesus. Again, the app is free. You'll find it at your app store, or we can link you to it through the website, openthebible.org. If you joined us a bit late, we're in Romans chapter 6, so grab a Bible, meet us there as we get back to the message. Here is Pastor Colin.
0: So we're trying to get a handle on what it really means to offer yourself to to Jesus Christ. You offer yourself before you offer your gifts. That's crucial. You offer yourself in your present circumstances. You don't spend the rest of your life saying, oh, if only it was different, how useful I could be. You offer yourself in the position God has placed you right now, and you offer yourself in all that you do. The last thing is simply this, that you offer yourself just as you are. Now, let's come back to the definition of repentance one more time today. Repentance means turning from as much as you know of your sin to give as much as you know of yourself. And what we're learning, I think, in this series is that the Christian life is really a life in which we continue to learn more about our sin, more about ourselves, and more about God. That's what growing as a Christian looks like. Now, that reminds us something that we can easily forget, that actually knowing yourself is a very, very difficult business. It was Calvin who said that all true wisdom is really in two parts. It's all about knowing God and knowing yourself, and he said you can never know the one without the other, which is very fascinating to think about. You see, if you want to understand yourself You really have to know God because you're made in His image, and if you don't know the one in whose image you are made, how can you possibly know who you are? You want to know yourself, you have to know God. But on the other hand, if you want to know God, you have to know yourself because you will never draw near to Him in repentance and faith until you come to humbly see your own need of Him. So these two things always go together, and the way that we have light on both is, of course, as we saw last time, through the Word of God knowing yourself is a difficult business and it is a lifelong journey to discover the strange movings of one's own heart it keeps taking you by surprise jeremiah said the heart is deceitful above all things and who can understand it who can understand his own heart psalm 19 david cries out who can discern his errors Psalm 139, David prays, Lord, you need to search me and know me. And why does he pray like that? Because he knows how difficult it is for a man or a woman to know their own heart. You see, only God can fully understand the heart. Know God more, and you will come to know yourself more. One day, of course, you will know, even as now you are known by God, And then, when you know yourself fully, you will be more grateful for God's grace than you ever have been before. But what you can do right now is to offer yourself to God just as you are, and because He is gracious, He will receive you. I think it's caught well in the hymn that's familiar to many, the hymn, Just As I Am, that expresses how we come to the Lord And one of the verses says, just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings within, and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come with all the stuff and all the struggle that's going on within me. I come just as I am to you. It's the only way you can come to the Lord. And look to Him to to work by His grace in your life to to move you forward in a way that otherwise would just not be possible. You offer yourself as you are. And the reason you can do that is that as a Christian believer, Paul says, you've been brought from death to life. Isn't that a beautiful statement in verse 13? Offer yourself to God as those who've been brought from death to life. You may have all kinds of struggles and fears, but you belong to Christ, and His resurrection life is in you. His Spirit is in you, so give yourself to Him because you are His. That's what he's saying. One man who struggled to know himself, perhaps more than most, was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer was one of the German Christian leaders who stood against the Nazi regime. It took great courage to do what he did. As a result, he was imprisoned and eventually was executed. He became a martyr for his faith. And Bonhoeffer was an inspiration to many and still is through his writings today. People admired him for his courage. People looked to him for the strength of his testimony. This man was a leader. But when Bonhoeffer looked into his own heart, he wasn't quite so sure. And he wrote a wonderful poem with which I want to conclude this morning, and it's simply entitled, Who Am I? And in it, he struggles with how people see him on the one hand, They think he's such a marvelous, strong person. And then when he looks into his own heart, he has all of these struggles. And he writes these words. Who am I? They often tell me that I would step from my cell's confinement calmly, cheerfully, firmly, like a squire from his country house. Who am I? They often tell me I would talk to my warders freely and friendly and clearly, as though it were mine to command. Who am I? They also tell me that I would bear the days of misfortune equably, smilingly, proudly, like one accustomed to win. Am I really all that which other men tell of? Or am I only what I know of myself? restless and longing and sick like a bird in a cage, struggling for breath as though hands were compressing my throat, hungry for colors, for flowers, and for the voices of birds, thirsty for words of kindness, for neighborliness, trembling with anger at despotisms and petty humiliation, caught up in expectation of great events, powerlessly grieving for friends at an infinite distance, weary and empty at praying and thinking, at making, faint and ready to lay farewell to it all. Who am I? This or the other? Am I one person today and another tomorrow? Am I both at once? a hypocrite before others and before myself, a contemptibly woe-begone weakling? Or is there something within me still like a beaten army fleeing in disorder from a victory already achieved? Who am I? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, Thou knowest, O God, I am thine. Now you see that's where he finds his peace. In the middle of this extraordinary struggle. And whatever you are facing right now, here is the one thing that matters. You belong to Christ. So offer yourself to God as one who has been brought from death to life.
1: What a way to wrap up today's message. Just being reminded that if you belong to Christ, he calls us to offer yourself just as you are to him. You're listening to a message called Giving As Much As You Know of Yourself. It's part of our series on repentance. Maybe you want to change. Maybe you're trying to stop some sin and you're engaging in that battle but struggling to have victory in that area of your life, well, this series can really help. We've been taking a look at this hidden path to a transformed life. If you want to go back and listen to any broadcast in the series, you can do that by coming to our website. It is openthebible.org. And there you can stream the program or download an MP3 for free. Again, that's at openthebible.org. Well, Open the Bible is listener-supported. We're able to be on this station and bring you Pastor Cullen's teaching each day because of your generosity. But as you give a gift of any amount this month, we want to say thank you by sending you a copy of Pastor Cullen's book called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And Colin, you used an analogy to describe the Beatitudes. Tell us about that.
0: Oh, well, if you picture a series of seven rings being suspended from a ceiling, and imagine a person swinging on the first ring and then reaching the second and then swinging on the second ring to reach the third. I find that to be a very helpful analogy for the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes tell us not only what it means to be blessed, it tells us how we can pursue the blessing of God. So, for example, one of the Beatitudes tells us that the pure in heart are blessed. Mm -hmm. Well, you read that, blessed are the pure in heart, and you say, how do I get there? And the answer is, in order to get to the sixth beatitude, you've got to swing on the ring of the first and get to the second, to the third, and to the fourth, and that will take you there. So, you see, this really answers the most important of questions. How do I grow in the Christian life? And it all begins with grasping hold of the first ring, which is within everybody's reach. Because Jesus starts by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, you begin when you know that you're in the place of not having what it takes and needing to receive from Christ himself what only he can give.
1: Well, we would love to send you a copy of this book. Again, it is called Momentum, Pursuing God's Blessing Through the Beatitudes. And it is our thank you gift as you give a gift of financial support this month. You can give online by coming to our website, openthebible.org, or call us at 1-877-OPEN-365. Again, the website is openthebible.org, and our phone number is 1-877-673-6365. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time. Open the Bible Weekend is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. A father asks his sons to go and do something. One son says, yes, sir. The other says, no way. Which of the two sons did what the father asked? Find out next time on Open the Bible Weekend.